It's the BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Your daily download of X929's X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna. A fine pair brought to you by Shane Holmes. Paired homes that keep your neighbor's noise on their side. It's Wednesday, January 4th, 2023. I'm Beckler. I'm Shauna. It's uh, still super quiet. It is. It seems super quiet around the building here. Um, quiet amongst our, on our text line and our phones and stuff. I think lots of people still on holidays, kids not back in school. So. Yep. Seems like it for sure. Yes, we're just having a, a few chill days here. Uh, on today's show, we're going to hear a heritage moment with it being a Wednesday. Some white girl sayings. Someone that I can't believe is playing a massive, massive venue in Alberta. Saskatchewan beef versus Alberta beef. Uh, a problem that some people have with Avatar, and a problem that I have with Avatar. The beef of beef. Meh. An etymology, um, a, a, a big error someone made while booking a trip. Uh, Sha- Funny story about how Shauna and her boyfriend started dating. <laughs> I'd never heard this one before, and it was really good. Um, <laughs> and uh, we'll look forward to this upcoming year. We don't make New Year's resolutions, really, but this is kind of like that, and that's after your out-of-context clip of the show. Then I let my guard down a little bit, and he just snuck in there. A little wow. Greasy turd, when I think about it. VNS in 20 minutes or less. A friend of mine went to some sort of hippie ceremony for New Year's, um, where they told him to put his aspirations for the year on a piece of paper and then burn it. Okay. And then that's, that's how you kind of... It sets, your, it sets your aspirations free. Ah. So I was thinking back or that perhaps we should do this as well. Okay. I'm not a big New Year's resolutions guy. I don't set New Year's this resolutions. This is different. Or, okay. <laughs> this is different. That's right. The hippie ceremony of burning and setting it free is going to make it better. So... Okay. Yeah. So how many do I need? Let's say three. Three of them. Okay. Just three three aspirations for the year? Three aspirations for okay. the year. Yeah. What two. are yours? Um, One is being in touch with my family a bit more. Okay. Like they live across the country yeah. and I'm very bad with communicating, so that. That's nice. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's things I could always work on. I could always be a more patient dad, be more patient with my kids. You Fair. Know? Yeah. Uh, work on my, my sleep hygiene is one of them. What the heck is that? It's what they call it when you're just trying to sleep better. Ah, so they call sleep it sleep. Is just dirty my my right sleep now. hygiene it's is filthy. filthy. It is Yuck. disgusting. So bad. <laughs> Clean so that up that one. sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so bad. What else? Uh, I guess I, uh, McKenna wants me to like put myself out more. You may not believe this because we work in this business, but I kind of keep to myself when I'm not here. Mm, yeah. Like I wouldn't just go up and start talking to somebody and McKenna wants me to do more of that, you know, especially that we're part of a new community, a new school and stuff. So yeah. I'm going to make an effort to be more outgoing. Okay. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, the last one for me is working on the size of my crapper. Mm. I had a, a rude awakening mm-hmm. over Christmas where my parents were here and my mom saw that my pants were falling down a bit and was like, oh, we're going to have to get you suspenders like your dad because you don't have an ass. <laughs> Where's your dumper? <laughs> I was like, thanks, mom. I've been working on this, but so that. And in that vein, too, I mean, I, I don't know how to quantify this, but I would always like to get in better shape. I want to keep working hard at the gym, eat a little better. Yeah. Get a little, you know, a little more fit. That, there so, you okay, go. So now we, we have to write these down. Yes. And then we have to burn them. We have to burn them and, set and them it free. should come free, for sure. I will be a more patient father. I want to work on being in touch with my family more. I will be more open to meeting new people. I'm going to work on my sleep hygiene. My hygiene of sleep is weak. I will get more yoked. To grow the size of my thunder bin, get over the Jefferson curse. 
The BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. So my boys, they're uh, eight and five, and they've learned how to skate this winter. Yep. And they are skate. They're into it so hard right now. Like they want to go skating every day, which is so awesome. Yeah, we've gone That's so many times. Want. Oh, it's awesome. It's helping to pass the winter. I always go skate with them, and it's a good exercise for me. This is pretty funny though. I thought when I was playing hockey growing up, I remember that I can still remember this. If there was a slightly heavier kid on the ice, a portly. Minor hockey player on the ice husky, with me. Husky, as we used to call them when we worked in the suit business, the, the husky children. Husky. Mm-hmm. Their skates sounded different really? than the other players' skates. Like they would, you know, you'd be, they, you'd skate past them and their skates would make a different sound. I don't know, just based on the weight on the blades. I mean, it makes sense. Here's what I noticed, though. Uh, now my skates make that sound. So well, I mean, you in comparison to your young boys, that makes perfect sense. That for sure, you would dig in a little harder than they would. <laughs> but I was like, where did I, where did I hear this before? Oh yeah, it's when I, you know, when there was a big defenseman out on the ice when I was playing minor hockey. That's hilarious. So I took a recording. This is the sound. That is the sound of. A husky boy skates. <laughs> Damn, you a husky boy. Back to, hus- <laughs> back to husky boy. There's a big fella on skates right there. That's what you're hearing. So uh, oh, just the blades straining under. The- it sounds like I'm going to go. Th- this was at the lake. It sounds like I'm going to go through the ice it into the water. It sounds a little bit it? like you're carving through that ice. Yeah. VNS in 20 minutes or less. So I have a friend who we've talked about. He's taking a course on how to get out of the friend zone. Yes. Yes. Uh, so, How's he doing with that? Well, it's good. I said I'd keep you updated. So we talked about how first it says not to respond to texts right away, to wait at least 30 minutes, which, uh, I mean, makes sense. But uh, some people need that reminder because mm-hmm. it shows that you're busy and that you're not just waiting around for them. Uh, apparently, it also says to upgrade your wardrobe, dress a little nicer when you go out. Okay. Uh, just because then it shows, especially if they can distinguish that between that and your regular clothes, it shows that you're making an effort. So you're not just a friend. You're, you know, beyond that. This is a special occasion. Yes. Yeah. Uh, ask your potential lover, love interest rather for favors. Because the Ben Franklin effect mm. says that when you ask somebody for a favor, they're more likely to like you back. Yeah, so, I was trying to remember who, who coined that, and it was Ben Franklin, wasn't yes, it? it was. Yeah. Uh, and it says, create oxytocin, or oxytocin by a subtle touch, which, again, um, you know, might seem obvious, but it also makes sense, like a little touch. But it says, look for invitation cues as well, if they're leaning into you, that kind of thing. And just something as simple as a a fist bump or even just a light touch to the shoulder or something like that. Okay. So there you go. Okay. Uh, as I was thinking about this though, I got thinking about when I first met my boyfriend Cliff and I immediately friend zoned him. He was Really? He was older than me and I started to notice that he was trying to be more than just friends and for me I was like, no, I just see this guy as a friend. I was new to the city. He was, you know, just showing me around because I had nobody to hang out with and I was like, mm-mm. No, when I saw that he was trying to like kind of push beyond that, I actually said to him straight up, I said, I think you're a great friend. We're never going to be anything beyond that. And how long you've been dating now? 11 years. Cliff, you dog. He kept... You sly dog. He kept going. And I was like, you know, he should probably be the one writing a course on this crap. I, I flat out told him. I was like, no chance in hell are we going to date. And you verbally friend zoned him hard. And he's like, yeah, we'll see about that. Yeah. And then he turned on that Cliff charm. He sure did. Wow. I want... <sighs> 
I would like to get his take on this. I, How did he dig himself out of that hole? I know. I think that we might have to like interview him and ask. Yeah. He, he just kept like little subtle things, you know? Like I, I said on the air once that I was cold and he drops off this this pair of mitts with a little Bailey's bottle inside it and drops it off from like little subtle things that mm. just kept going. He didn't overplay his hand, didn't he come did out not. of the gate too hot. No. Didn't. Yeah, and of course. After me announcing publicly to He's him that we're never we're never going to be beyond friends, then I let my guard down a little bit, and he just snuck in there. A little wow, greasy turd. When I think about it, <laughs> oh, greasy turd he is. What a professional! What an yeah. operator! I know, I know. He. We need to have we need to have Cliff on. We and need get an some actual of his, clinic. He, he <laughs> needs to teach this course. VNS in twenty minutes or less. So, Shauna, your boyfriend lives in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. Yes, PA. And PA. yesterday on the show, we were talking about how some people from PA refer to the small northern Saskatchewan town of Lorange as L.A. Yes. My boyfriend and I were talking about travel plans, and I brought up L.A., and the one girl was like, oh, Lorange? And I'm like, nope. Nope, not that L.A. We're <laughs> the other one. Los Angeles. Yeah. That, <laughs> not Lorange, Saskatchewan. So a good friend of mine was listening to us yesterday, and he sent me this message. He said, I knew a pair of girls who booked a flight by accident to San Jose, USA, instead of San Jose, Costa Rica. Oh, man. They actually made it onto the plane and were midair looking around at everyone before they realized, and it ruined their friendship. Oh, no. <laughs> I wonder how you realized, though. Like... I don't, like, like, what would you realize on the plane? I mean, that wouldn't have you wouldn't have realized at the airport when the pilot was like, "We're about to touch down." I'm like, "Wait, it's only been like two <laughs> hours versus nine, maybe then." Because I mean, like, if you just looked around the plane, oh, like, just looking at the other passengers probably wouldn't give you too much indication that you were headed to California instead of instead of Costa Rica. No, right? No, like, unless there's be some all kinds of people of- on both flights. <laughs> Oh, that would suck. I went to Costa Rica last year. Can you imagine? Oh, crap. No, that's not the one I wanted. I'm going to be a little longer getting there, guys. I I booked the wrong flight. Oh, Oh, And there's so many cities that share names. Like, I wonder if anyone's ever accidentally flown to London, Ontario instead of London, England. I, I looked it up to see how tough it might be to do. And, like, it's it's pretty difficult. Is- like, it says... San Jose, USA, right, like right there. You, you know what I mean? So so this would have been probably a while ago, I'm thinking. This okay. probably would have been, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago. Would it have been easier to do back then? I, like if, you, if you're phoning at that point, like is this pre-internet? Because if you're phoning, again, they, they would ask you, right? Yeah. Like which San Jose are we thinking here? You think of Costa Rica or California. And also, oh, yeah. I just would have loved to see the, the moment of realization mid-flight where they're looking around like something's not right. Then you tap your the passenger beside you. There's also a San Jose <laughs> in the Philippines, by the way. Is there? So, yeah, you could, all three. You could really screw it up. <laughs> Like, That'd be a really long flight, wouldn't it? <laughs> you try the first one. Ah, oh, you land in Costa Rica. Ah, oh, wrong one again. <laughs> Eventually, I'll get to the Philippines. Excuse me, which country is this plane headed to? <laughs> America. Oh yeah, you, no, you wouldn't. I wouldn't say that out loud. <laughs> no. VNS in twenty minutes or less. Demology with Shauna. So we got a request from friend of the show, Patrick's daughter, Myla, that'll just play for you. She sent a voice memo, which we always love. Hey, Shauna, on Elamology. Nailed it. Um, how, why do they call, like, fireworks? Like, why? Does it, like, 
Is it like fireworks? But I don't know. It's a good question. Never really thought about that Where one. Where does fireworks come from? Where does fireworks come from? So fireworks, as we know them, have been around since 900 AD. Was it the Chinese? It was the Chinese. Yeah. And in China, they were called baozu, which means bamboo explosions, because back then, bamboo stems were burnt to create small explosions, and they would do this to drive away evil spirits. That's how they all began. So they then developed fireworks from there with a paper tube and the gunpowder, more like what we see today. It wasn't until the 1500s, though, that the word fireworks came into use. And the word comes from the German Weierwerk, which literally means fire, and the old English use of the term works, which just means deeds or actions. Deeds of fire. Deeds of fire. Ooh, I like that. I also like the Chinese word baozu. I know. I do, too. Um, so, yeah, essentially fire action or deeds of fire. But it was used to describe military explosives that were meant as weapons at the time. So that would be okay. why it was just fire actions or deeds of fire. Uh, and then from there, they were used to celebrate victories or peace. And eventually, we started using them to basically celebrate everything. So fireworks initially referred to weaponry mm-hmm. to... Ordinance, yes, and then became the exact opposite, where we set them off to celebrate the end of the war. Yeah, wow, I know they've had some ups and downs, haven't they? They sure did. Deeds of fire, deeds of fire. Would you like to participate in some (laughs) deeds of fire? I'm going to say that to to the next person next time we do fireworks, and they're just going to be terrified by that. Like, nope, no, I'm good. Uh, Terry's getting into them deeds of fire again. Blew his eyebrows off. Pyro. The VNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Have you seen the new Avatar movie, Shauna? I have not. No, I haven't yet either. I plan to. Um, um, Three hours long. Oh, that is a long haul. It's a long haul. So I, I was actually thinking about seeing it on the weekend, and my boyfriend and I were like, Mm-mm, not three hours. <laughs> no. Long, that's a long film. It's a long film. You may have, if you haven't seen it, but you may have seen some of the articles in the past couple of weeks uh, about how some indigenous groups and activists have been quite critical of the film. Mm-hmm. Even calling for a boycott in some instances, as they feel it appropriates elements of indigenous culture and celebrates colonialism and white saviorism. Yeah. I'm not going to comment on that as I haven't seen the film. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're right. But you know who else I think has legitimate gripe with the Avatar franchise? Lanks. Lanky folks. Like lanky people. Lanky people. Okay. As somewhat of a former lank myself. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't appreciate how the Navi people in Avatar are such a caricature of lanks. You know, they're imp- they're impossibly lanky in that film. They're cartoonish lanks. Well, I mean, they're not human, so they're not. But I mean, as a teenager, I was a lank. So was I. Long and tall and thin, mostly limbs. Yeah. Clumsy as all hell. Mm-hmm. And even then, I wasn't the lankiest of my friends. Some of my friends, my goodness. Yeah. Exceptional lengths. I was basically feet and head at one point. That was it. Just like a dog that had to nothing. grow into his paws. It was just like big head, big feet. What's going on in the middle? Nothing. I had a couple friends with that Jack Skellington body, that Slender Man body. Oh, yeah. That Patty Mayonnaise build. Mm. You know? Yeah. And uh you know it's tough. Yeah. It's tough. No, it's it, it's not at all how lengths are depicted in Avatar. You know, they're so athletic and so graceful and so nimble. It's the opposite of that. Okay. Clothes don't fit. You're all elbows and Adam's apples. If you're the number of times you hit your funny bone or your oh, knee off man. things, or yeah, it's true. That lank life is rough, and I don't appreciate how that's lengths fair. are depicted in the film Avatar. Okay. So that's- well, I'm glad that you've gotten that out. 
Into the hive, this very important. B and S in 20 minutes or less. Here's something we haven't done for a while on the podcast. Shauna, what are you listening to lately? Is there a song that you're really jamming to lately that isn't uh, isn't one that's on the station? Yeah, us. Um, this one is by Haim. Do you remember Haim? Haim, H-A-I-M? Haim, yes, H-A-M. I hadn't heard this song before by them, but a friend of mine was like, yeah, it's one of my favorite songs. So I uh, listened to it, and I was like, it's an awesome song. It's called Los Angeles. Anyway, kind of a funky little tune. Very cool. Mm. Uh, did we ever play Haim on the station? I feel like there was a couple singles that we at least featured by Haim. Jeez, I think I've referred to them as Haim before, so I hope I've never said that out loud on the air. Well, now that you say it, I'm like, is it Haim? <laughs> I don't know. I think it's Haim. I'm going to have to look that up now. Um, I've been really, really into this band lately called Gymkata. Have you ever heard of them? I have not. Kind of a funny story, though, about how I first discovered them. When we were at, uh, at One Weekend Only and we were waiting to talk to the beaches before their sound check, they were testing you know, the PA system in there, and they were... There was this song that was just cranked to the point that we couldn't even really talk to the girls from the beaches because it was so loud in there. And we're like, let's go somewhere else and, and chat. Yeah. But the song that was cranked up on there was by Jim Cotta. And, it, and I shazammed it real quick. Uh, it's called Wild Ride, and I'm really digging it. And you are much stronger than me. So when we go out like a Phil Collins feel almost. It totally to does, yeah. Yeah, I've been digging that band lately. But you're free to crank up either of those songs as loud as you want in a Shade Holmes paired home. You're moving sooner to one of Shane Holmes' quicker possession duplexes starting from the 490s. These 1,624 square foot paired homes feature large bedrooms and next level soundproofing. For more info, visit ShaneHolmes.com. Shane Holmes, the better way to build. VNS in 20 minutes or less. Somebody on Twitter yesterday posted, Saskatchewan beef is better than Alberta beef. Oh, they were just looking for a fight, weren't they? Oh, fighting (laughs) words. Like, oh man. Uh, I have to admit though, I'm a bit clueless when it comes to beef farming. Um, is there much of a difference, though, between Alberta beef and Saskatchewan beef? When you think about it, a lot of the farms probably share the same, I mean, the borders kind of lie in each other, right? Like, Yeah, I think actually the beef that we buy, we buy from a farmer, and I don't even know what side of the border it's on, but it's right on the border. Mm. So, and This is what I'm curious about. Like, what makes Alberta beef that much better? Now, is it that the farms closer to the mountains are better? Because then I, I kind of understand, is there something about the mountain air or the schnooks or something that make the... The cow's better. Out I, here in cow country? Out in cow country. What is it? I'm, I'm actually genuinely curious. I wonder what it would be exactly. Ah, I know I'm asking you and you don't know either. No, I'm not a, not a rancher myself. Farmer. Is it just, hmm. Could it be? It's funny because I, uh, growing up, my, my, my family had a beef farm in Ontario. Oh, really? 
I have to admit, it wasn't wasn't great. And Ontario, Ontario beef, a a distant third just, to Alberta and Saskatchewan. Yeah, beef. yeah. No, I would. No. Or is it that the cows for for the cows on the Saskatchewan side, it's just more acceptable for them to find their cousins attractive. <laughs> So a lot of cow inbreeding. Is that, I don't know. Is that what makes them not so cow good? cousins? Yeah, just, well, you're going to have some weird cows because they're cousins once again. You Jeez. can taste it in the beef. The inbreeding. The BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Over Christmas, a relative was telling me that they're trying to get tickets to see Luke Combs, who's okay. a country singer, yeah. uh, play in Edmonton at Commonwealth Stadium. And I said, are you sure it's Commonwealth? And they're like, yep. And I said, is this part of a larger tour with, you know, several big country artists? And they said, no, it's just Luke Combs. Wow. And I was like, there's no way. Like, At Commonwealth. Commonwealth is massive, like 60,000 people. And we've talked before on this show about how it's a very elite tier of musical act that can play a venue the size of Commonwealth Stadium. Like, yeah. you really have to be one of the biggest musical acts ever. Like, mm-hmm. the people who have played Commonwealth Stadium are like Paul McCartney, ACDC, The Stones, U2, Garth Brooks, Beyonce, Metallica, yep. Guns N' Roses. Like, massive, massive artists. So I looked it up, and I'll be damned, Luke Combs is headlining a show at Commonwealth on June 3rd. He's the headliner, and I didn't even recognize any of the other names on the bill. Wow. So I was like, okay, is this like one of those things where they're basically giving tickets away just yeah. to try to fill the stadium? And no, tickets are very expensive. 275 bucks in the Upper Bowl, 600 bucks to be on the floor. I was like, I don't, I couldn't name you a Luke Combs song. I might know it if I heard it, but. I was going to say, I, and I'm not that well versed in country, but you tend to be, and you still don't know that much about Luke Combs? No. What, what about your, your wife? She's a huge country fan. She could probably name a few Luke Combs songs, but I would not put him anywhere near no. the tier of the other artists. that like Everybody can name a Paul McCartney song. Yeah. Everybody can name a Beyonce song mm-hmm. or a song by U2. I, don't, I can't name a Luke Combs song, and no. this guy's going to play to a full house at Commonwealth Stadium where tickets are expensive? I feel like I'm out of touch. Yeah. I'm so out of touch. Wow. Wow, that's crazy. Either we yeah, like either we are completely out to lunch with who's big and who isn't these days or that building is going to be half empty. Also, you didn't hmm. me- mention, you know, what a, a song from ACDC is for Terry there, but everybody ah. can name that too. Hell's Bells. Terry. Highway to Hell. Yeah. Thunderstruck. Thunderstruck is the big one for sure. <laughs> the BNS and 20 Minutes or Less podcast. I have some white girl sayings that I would like to share with you, Shauna. Oh, fantastic. submitted. Okay. Uh, the first one is actually back during the holidays. I got this from uh, the person who runs the Airdrie Dads Instagram account. Okay. Uh, and they were in Dollarama, came across this piece of decor. May all who enter as guests leave as friends. Well, that's beautiful. Oh, that's nice. That'll warm the cockles oh, of your heart, won't that it? That just warmed the cockles right up. <laughs> cockles! White cockles! <laughs> Sorry. This is from friend of the show, Taylor. Mm. Uh, and this is for, this is like a cheese sharing plate, Shauna, with these, what are those things, those silver things? Uh, they're, they're just like to mark, just mar- like to mark what kind the cheese. of cheese it is? Yeah. Okay, so here's what they say. Uh, we are cheddar together. Will you brie mine? Oh my God. Uh, I don't know how to say that word. <laughs> Camem- camembert? Is that how yep. you Camembert. That's too fancy for me. <laughs> I camembert to be without you. Oh, man. I think you're Gouda. 
So these are all. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, Valentine's Valentine's Day themed ones. Cheese and wine go together with dogs wow. and. Do they ever oh, stay perfect. at home watch wow. Netflix? What cockles <laughs> in my heart are warmed once again. The BNS in twenty minutes or less podcast. A Calgary Heritage moment. Most people are aware of the Alberta oil boom of the 1970s. It was essentially Canada's version of the gold rush, and its lore and legend spread worldwide. However, many people don't realize the specifics of what came with this boom. At the time, Alberta was creating more multi-millionaires than any other time in Canadian history. And the image of Alberta as a place also quickly changed. It went from being known as a small town Bible belt full of old school values and old school residents to a place that housed tons of wealth, young entrepreneurs, and all the vices, both good and bad, that go along with this combination. And the population wasn't just growing fast. It was exploding. 4,000 people were arriving to Alberta a month. The population of the province increased by a third during the 70s, with everyone looking for their share of the province's burgeoning wealth. And the people coming in were ready to work for their share. Many young men were willing to work 20-hour days, seven days a week, initiating the work-hard-play-hard mentality that still exists in the province to this day. And Calgary was working overtime to keep up with the expanding population. Apartment vacancy essentially hit zero at the time as fellow Canadians left their home provinces in search of jobs. The housing market was absolutely booming. At the time, Calgary issued more than $1 billion worth of construction permits a year, which was more than New York and Chicago. And anyone who wasn't in oil also looked to invest in not only oil, but other ventures within the city. Groups of friends were banding together to start their own oil companies, and corporate airplanes became not only a dream, but a reality for many of these new companies and young entrepreneurs. At the time, money truly seemed to be growing on trees, and no business would fail. Unfortunately, seemingly overnight, things changed. The 80s saw the collapse of the country's largest oil company, Dome Petroleum. Unemployment shot up from 4 to 10%, and many of the big players returned to their former careers. With this, Alberta led the country in foreclosures and bankruptcies. There was 2.3 million square meters of vacant office space, and to deal another blow, oil prices worldwide declined steeply. Although in the late 80s, the government diversified into the forest sector, and by the 90s, Alberta's fortune turned around once again. This time, with a little more experience with booms and a more realistic expectation of the boom and bust cycle. This has been a Calgary Heritage Moment. You've been listening to the BNS in 20 Minutes or Less podcast. Brought to you by Shane Holmes. Paired homes that keep your neighbor's noise on their side. Want more? Then tune in to X Mornings with Beckler and Shauna live on Calgary's Alternative X92.9. Monday through Friday, 6 to 10 a.m. Mountain Time at X92.9.ca. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and have BNS in 20 Minutes or Less downloaded daily to whatever device you use. Later.